Cool. Thanks, Shana. Hello again. So, what is your song? If your if your life had a soundtrack, what would the theme song be? Something from the '80s, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, we don't all think of ourselves as singers necessarily. I'm not sure that everyone here would say that. You know, I have a good voice. Although I think you all sound very lovely. Um, the question today, though, isn't do I have a voice? It's do I have a song? Uh, for all of us, uh, I think we find ourselves singing, either literally or figuratively, uh, about the things that really capture our hearts. Um, you know, where can you go and see an otherwise completely stoic bloke uh, out shouting, clapping his hands, singing at the top of his lungs and chanting to a footy oval? Yeah, that's right, where the team he loves is playing. Uh, or you know that moment at a wedding reception uh, when Dancing Queen comes on and just everyone hits the D floor and they're just all singing along and dancing and all that sort of stuff, even people who would just never be caught doing that at any other time. Uh, it's because they're so captured by the joy of the day and they just love being a part of it, right? Uh, we had the nut bush at our wedding uh, and it was quite impressive to see uh, a bunch of people who hardly ever sing I'll hardly ever dance, I count myself in that category, uh, but getting into it in that moment. Um, does anyone else sing in the car? Yeah? Uh, I don't know what it is about the four thin walls of my Yaris that makes me think it's okay to belt out Taylor Swift songs as if no one could ever notice. Uh, but, you know, it works. I don't know. Maybe that's you as well. Or it could just be me. I don't know. Um, I don't know what that says about what captures our hearts. Uh, maybe we love being distracted from boredom in traffic or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but something a bit different. Do you ever find yourself just singing the praises of another person? Uh, maybe not literally, but uh, you might find yourself always talking about somebody to other people uh, just because you really want uh, to tell others how good they are. Well, today we're exploring the question uh, of what's worth singing about. And as we start thinking about that, let me paint you a picture. Uh, so Sam has been attending an annual youth camp uh, every year for the last few years, first as a camper, now as a leader. Uh, every year, the main session starts exactly the same. The singer up the front announces, okay, guys, we're now going to have a time of worship. Uh, then a bit later, we're going to hear from the Bible and then some other things. Uh, and the band launches into the first song, uh, and Sam just cringes. The guitar's out of tune. The drummer sounds like he just wants to break into a solo. Uh, the lyrics are corny. And Sam can't help but thinking, uh, is this worship? Is this what worship is about? Uh, this year, he decides to come late and miss the singing because uh, he's convinced that hearing the Bible talks and teaching the youth is where the real worship is at. The singing is just filler. Uh, what do you reckon? Uh, he, he's got a point, doesn't he? Where does music fit into this whole idea of worship? We've been spending the last three weeks thinking about worship. Uh, it's one of those buzzwords that can easily lose its meaning. What is worship? Uh, it's really about ascribing worth to something or someone. It's something that we do all the time, really. Um, three weeks ago, we remembered that God makes us into his true worshippers. Uh, we're helpless to recognize the true worth of God without the work of Jesus. Uh, two weeks ago, we saw that we were made to worship together as God's gathered people. Last week, we looked at how being builders at church uh, is a part of the, our worship of God. And today, we're looking at singing. And I'm aware today 
that I'll be speaking to some people who absolutely love singing uh, at church and to some who find it a bit weird and to some who probably wish that we didn't do it. Um, Whatever you think, though, the reality is that um, music is a very big part of Christians getting together. Uh, It has been since the start of the Christian church and probably, if anything, it's on the increase uh, now taking the place of things like traditional liturgy and other things. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Uh, at the Bay, I reckon we spend probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes each Sunday singing. Uh, and that's pretty common in churches around Adelaide and the world, really. Uh, proportionally speaking, it's the next most significant thing uh, than the sermon in terms of how much time we spend on it each week. Uh, and yet, how much thought do we give to music at church? Uh, it's a big part of church life. And yet, should it be? It's so weird, isn't it? Um, Often it's the thing that people who don't normally come to church or haven't grown up with a church background will find the most uncomfortable uh, if they're invited along. You know, when do you stand? When do you sit? What are you meant to do? You know, that Mr. Bean scene in the church, you know, it's that kind of thing. Uh, It's fair enough, really, because when else do you get together with your friends during the week and stand up together and sing a song? Uh, It's just not really done. So should we bother with it? Uh, We need to go to God's word in the Bible Uh, to see what he thinks about all this and to see what he thinks is worth singing about. And the passage that we've just heard read out uh, contains one of two of the really significant passages in the New Testament on singing. Uh, So we've jumped into Ephesians 5, but let's just take a step back for a sec and see how it fits into the letter as a whole. Uh, According to Paul in his letter to this church in Ephesus, God is uniting all things under Christ. Uh, That's in chapter 1, verse 10. God's uniting all things under Christ. And this is expressed most beautifully in local churches. Uh, So this is a letter in two halves. Chapters 1 to 3 outline the magnificent realities of what God's done for Christians through Jesus' death and resurrection. And chapters 4 to 6 then go on uh, to show how these realities apply to the everyday life of the church. Uh, You could sum up the second half with uh, 4 verse 1. Uh, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Uh, And right in the middle here, in chapter 5, we're told that singing has a big part of doing that. Uh, So we're going to be tackling uh, this question with three headings today. The first one is a song worth singing. And then we'll look at songs and the spirit and then singing and bodybuilding. Uh, So a song worth singing. As with every other instruction Uh, In this letter, as Paul helps Christians to see how to live a life worthy of the calling they've received, uh, these instructions about singing don't just come out of nowhere uh, or just because Paul says so. Uh, They're based on the beautiful realities uh, of the new identity in Christ that all Christians have. Uh, In verse 8, if you want to have a look with me, we're on page 1176. Have a look with me at chapter 5, verse 8. Paul reminds the saints in Ephesus that they have a reason to sing that trumps all others. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. He's not saying you were once in the dark and now you are in the light of the Lord. He's saying you are light. Uh, This is a statement about the core of any Christian's being. By faith in Jesus, you are light. Uh, It's one of many statements in this letter about how uh, their faith in Jesus has caused absolute change to who the Ephesians are. Uh, So thinking back to the start of chapter 2, Paul reminds the Ephesians that they were once dead. 
But, chapter 2, verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So no longer dead, but alive. Uh, Later in chapter 2, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. No longer far off, but near. Faith in Christ absolutely changes things. No longer darkness, but now light in the Lord. Uh, This is full of implications for those who are in Christ. Uh, So since the start of chapter 4, Paul has been outlining what living a life worthy of the calling you've received looks like. Uh, Just to whip through, to bring us up to speed, it includes using your gifts to build up the church, that's 4 verses 1 to 16, putting your old life behind you, uh, 4, 17 to 31, forgiving one another, chapter 4 verse 32, having nothing to do with sexual immorality, chapter 5 verses 3 to 6, and later on in chapter 5, showing the love of Christ in individual relationships. Then and now, it's stuff that can be pretty countercultural, not what everyone else is doing. Uh, But that's the point. Christians have a new identity in Christ, citizens of heaven. Uh, So our culture needs to be shaped not by what's going on around us, but by Jesus. And as we see down in verse 19 of chapter 5, singing is a big part of that response as well. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, This is the pattern across the pages of the Bible. Uh, Way back in Exodus, when God saves his people from slavery in Egypt, we hear the first strains of the song of the redeemed. And we heard this read out a bit earlier. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The salvation of the Lord is a song worth singing. Do you have a voice? Probably, probably more than you think you do. Uh, Do you have a song? If you're trusting in Jesus, definitely the song of the redeemed. Uh, This is God's plan for his redeemed people for all eternity. Uh, At the very end of the Bible, God tells us what we'll be doing when everything's finally united under Christ. Singing. Revelation chapter 5. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. As God's redeemed people, we have a song, not just for now, but for eternity. Because Jesus is worthy of our praise. He's purchased sinners like us for God with his blood. He's brought us from death to life, darkness to light. I don't know, it begs the question, to what extent... Uh, Do you currently feel that God is worth singing about? Uh, In the humdrum of life, it's pretty easy to forget uh, how glorious our new identity in Christ really is. I've got to say, no energetic pep talk from me uh, or your song leader at church is ever going to convince you of the value of singing God's praises. Only being absolutely convinced of your identity in Christ will. We were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. This is a song worth proclaiming to the world. Uh, Light is something that's seen by others. Uh, Have you ever thought about the connection between singing and sharing the gospel? Uh, We often think that music kind of fits into the category of praise and worship and evangelism, you know, fits into mission and outreach. Um, 
but the two actually go hand in hand. Uh, Now, I'm not saying that all of us this week need to think of our favorite Christian song and go and serenade one of our friends with it. Um, But the reason that singing and evangelism go hand in hand is that they're both driven by a desire to praise and worship God in response to his grace. Uh, And if you're struggling uh, with either of these aspects of Christian life at the moment, uh, the antidote to both is the same, uh, to dwell on just how worthy God is of our praise, uh, to remember his beautiful promises for us. Uh, And we all know what it's like, don't we? If if you love somebody, uh, you don't necessarily care if people don't feel the same or think you're weird for caring so much. You just want everyone to know how good the person is that you love is. Uh, The Psalms are full of examples of how praising God isn't just for the benefit of insiders. Uh, We read out Psalm 96 earlier, and it says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. The desire to praise God and tell others about him really comes from the same heart. And just as it was for the Ephesians back then, what we sing about today reflects what we think is worth our loyalty and our affection. Uh, For many of us here in modern-day Australia, uh, we don't really sing about much at all. Uh, It's not really the done thing. Although for most of us, there's probably something that you'd come out of your shell for. Uh, Remember, the Christian life is counter-cultural. Aussie culture may not encourage singing, but Jesus does. Uh, That's worth bearing in mind if you're not really a fan of singing. Uh, So today, just uh, something to do afterwards as we have morning tea together. I'd love to encourage all of us to share with each other what's your favorite song about God, uh, if you have one. I think this will be a great way of encouraging each other uh, to remember that we really do have a song worth singing. So I'll be up the back later. I'd love to hear what your favorite song about God is, and it would be a good thing to talk about because we'll get to see what others think uh, is really worth praising about God. And that will be a good thing. Uh, A song worth singing. Uh, We're now going to think about our second heading, Songs and the Spirit. Uh, Those of us who love playing and singing music uh, will not think it's too strange to say that music is a spiritual activity. Uh, But those of us who find it awkward and difficult will probably not agree with that. Um, What does the Bible actually say? Uh, Let's read verses 18 and 19 together. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. What does the Spirit of God have to do with singing? Uh, To help us understand this, I want to lay down a big thought for us to consider. Uh, Have you ever thought about the fact that God himself is a singer? I don't know, have you? Uh, Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17, for example, says that the Father will exult over his people with loud singing. God is a singer. On the night before his arrest, before the agony of Gethsemane, Mark records that Jesus sang a hymn with his friends. God is a singer. And here in Ephesians 5, we find that God the Holy Spirit is a singer too. Singing is tied to being filled with the Spirit in such an intimate way that it's hard to determine which is the cause and which is the effect. So why does this matter? 
Well, it matters because of the backdrop in this passage of this teaching about singing. Uh, it's there at the start of verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. God's redeemed people know uh, all too well the temptation to creep back into darkness. Uh, in ancient Ephesus, same as today, uh, drunkenness was a popular pursuit in the search for comfort and meaning. Then and now, it leads to debauchery, uh, which is a word that's all about indulgence, immorality, and wastefulness. And I'm sure for all of us, whether it's connected to drinking or not, uh, we'll be able to think of times in our lives uh, that we really hope other Christians will never find out about. How can we live a life worthy of the calling we have received? Is there a cure for the debauched life? Yes, it's being filled with the Spirit, uh, which will mean turning away from our old ways, being under the influence, not of alcohol, but of the Spirit. Uh, but how do we do that in practical terms? Uh, a more literal translation of verses 18 to 21 will help us to see uh, that Paul connects four activities to living a Spirit-filled life. And they're up on the screen behind us, I think. Maybe, maybe not. There we go. Uh, so be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, so these simple actions uh, that we do when we get together encourage and express the Spirit's work in our lives. Addressing one another, singing, giving thanks, and submitting. Uh, it's worth pausing at this point uh, and reflecting uh, on why the sometimes overwhelming, often underwhelming act of singing together is good for us. I think there are at least a couple of good reasons for us here in these verses. Uh, we'll look at two reasons. Uh, one is that we are forgetful creatures. Uh, as we address one another... Uh, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we teach and remind each other of the golden truths of the gospel. Uh, already this morning, we've remembered that our God is a God who saves and redeems and uh, that he's worthy of all praise. Uh, we've reminded each other that we're one body in Christ. Um, these things help us to press on in the faith, uh, to put off the old self uh, and the ways of darkness and to put on the new self and live as children of light. Uh, towards the end of his life, after all that he's led the Israelites through, uh, one of the last things Moses does is teach uh, the people a song. Uh, he knows how forgetful they are, how many times they wavered in their trust of God when troubled hit. Uh, so God tells Moses in Deuteronomy 31, uh, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness. It will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. Uh, God knows uh, that we remember what we sing. We're forgetful creatures, but we have the gift of songs to help us remember. And those of us who know the memory verse songs of Colin Buchanan will know how useful music can be for forgetful creatures. Uh, sometimes I can't get his songs out of my head, uh, but it means that there are scripture verses that I'll never forget as well. And actually every hymn uh, and anthem that we sing together at church, for better or worse, will stick uh, in a way that other things that we do won't. Uh, in times of sickness and suffering, how good is it 
to be able to recall the lyrics to It Is Well With My Soul. Uh, Or when the end draws near, a believer may not be able to read their Bible, uh, but they might remember the lyrics to Rock of Ages. When I saw through realms unknown, bow before the judgment throne, hide me then my refuge be, Rock of Ages cleft for me. Music is a powerful gift uh, to help us remember God's promises. Uh, Second reason that singing is good for us uh, is that we need help to respond to Jesus from the heart. It's there in verse 19, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Uh, And when the Ephesians read the word heart, there wasn't quite the same baggage attached to it as there is for us today. They would have thought not just of their emotional center, but also their thinking and decision making too. Uh, Now, I don't know about you, Um, But I've got to admit, there's often a bit of a gap between the staggering realities uh, of what God's done for me in Jesus uh, and what I feel in the day-to-day or the decisions I make, uh, what I let dominate my thinking. Uh, Tears should come to my eyes uh, when I think of the offense of my sin against God and how Jesus carried it to the cross in my place. I should be overflowing with joy 24-7 because I'm set free from sin and death. And yet sometimes I just feel distracted. In other words, I find it hard to respond with all my heart to what Jesus has done for me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I find it embarrassingly hard to remember to be thankful to God, even though Ephesians 1 tells me in great detail that I have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Music is a gift from God to help us begin to respond with an appropriate emotion to God. Uh, It slows us down as we sing together, doesn't it? And helps us to savor the truths of the Bible. Uh, It helps us to shut out distractions and respond physically and emotionally uh, to Jesus. And it's worth asking, uh, is this emotional manipulation? Because sadly in churches around the world today, sometimes emotional music can be used uh, in an attempt to kind of rev the crowd up or to reduce the work of the Spirit into a feeling. Um, But it's missing the point of a great gift, helping us respond to Jesus from the heart. Uh, Some people ask the question, uh, doesn't singing all these thankful, joyful Christian songs in church just make me a hypocrite uh, if I really just feel rotten inside? Uh, It's a good question, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Uh, When the psalmist sings in Psalm 42... Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Uh, He's not being two-faced or hypocritical. Uh, He's a saint speaking to his own soul, encouraging himself to keep trusting in the goodness of God through the trials of life. We need help to respond to Jesus from the heart. Uh, Sometimes this means singing a song not just to express Uh, what we feel, but to speak to our own souls and remind ourselves that there really is joy in following Jesus. Uh, Singing also helps us to be thankful, as is appropriate. Uh, Thanksgiving really is the great antidote uh, to a godless life of grumbling and backsliding. Uh, And that's why so many of the songs that we sing here are songs of thanksgiving to God, to help us to put off the old and on with the new. A couple more implications for us as we think about what spirit-filled singing looks like. Uh, If you've been at the Bay for any length of time, you may have noticed that we don't refer to music as worship. 
uh, or the singers up the front as worship leaders. Uh, the reason for that is um, that singing together is a gift to help us worship God in every part of life. Uh, so while it's an aspect of worship, we really don't want to reduce it to just being about music um, because the risk there is that we let music itself become the object of our worship. Uh, we can forget it's a response to being redeemed by God and that it's a gift to help us to remember and respond to Jesus. Uh, it's a way of building one another up, isn't it? Encouraging and expressing the Spirit's work in our hearts, uh, which means that we really need to be very thoughtful about what we sing uh, because for better or worse, the songs will stick in a way that other things might not. Uh, it's not the sp- uh, just the sounds and the music that encourages the Spirit's work in our lives. It's the words. Uh, Paul says just over the page in Ephesians 6 verse 17 that the sword of the Spirit uh, is the Word of God. God's Word is how the Spirit changes and transforms us. Uh, so that's why uh, at the Bay, a lot of work and planning goes in every week uh, into what songs we're going to sing. Uh, we want to sing biblical songs that help the Word of God dwelling us richly. Uh, which leads us to point three, singing and bodybuilding. Uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about the connection between singing and bodybuilding before. Uh, I know a lot of people like to have their pump-up mixes, you know, uh, for working out, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about building the body of Christ, his church. Uh, let me paint you a picture to help us think about this. Uh, a magazine ad for a Christian record label featured a 30-something woman seated in a chair with closed eyes and a contented smile. She seemed oblivious to everything around her as she listened to music under headphones. The caption simply stated, Worship. Uh, What message does this convey about music and worship? Uh, That it's all about blocking everyone and everything out and simply focusing on God while listening to music? Maybe. I'm not sure if this is what the ad was trying to communicate, but uh, it's certainly not what the Bible communicates. Uh, Here in these verses, twice in three verses, Paul uses the language one another uh, when talking about the role of the Spirit in a Spirit, uh, of singing in a Spirit-filled life. So verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ there in verse 21. Now, while there is absolutely a vertical aspect in singing at church and of music and worship, singing to the Lord with all your heart, as this, these verses says. There's also a really strong emphasis in this passage on the horizontal aspect uh, of singing together, which I think is something that we naturally tend to think about a bit less. Uh, singing to one another uh, is an act of bodybuilding uh, as we encourage each other to remember what Jesus has done for us, to respond from the heart with thanksgiving. We live in an individualized kind of world, don't we, of headphones and private experiences. Uh, When we come to church, we bring our culture with us. And so we can end up thinking that it's all just about me and God and and blocking everyone else out. Uh, And there's definitely truth in that. All worship is about God. Uh, But we can't ignore the fact that one of the most important ways we worship God is by building up other members of his body. Uh, So spirit-filled singing isn't just about an individual's experience of God. Uh, It's about God's people together, encouraging one another. Uh, The book of Psalms is littered with examples. I'll whip through a few, uh, but you might like to read through and find some more for yourself this week. 
Uh, Psalm 22, verse 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Psalm 35, verse 18. I will thank you in the great congregation. In the mighty throng, I will praise you. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people. Uh, King David, who wrote lots of the Psalms, uh, he used to be a shepherd and would have spent many nights out under the stars praising God for uh, his beautiful creation and what he's done for him. But what he loved most uh, was singing in the congregation God's praise. Coming back to Paul and Ephesians 5, uh, part of this means submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, Now, submission isn't a very popular word. It's often associated with weakness, uh, of giving in to abuses of power. Uh, But the Christian view of submission isn't like that. It's about imitating Christ's servant king example. It's actually about bodybuilding. Uh, This is expressed in individual relationships like marriage, uh, which Paul fleshes out uh, in the next part of Ephesians, but it also expresses itself in the church body. It's linked to speaking to one another, singing and giving thanks together. Um, I don't know, have you ever thought uh, just the act of making the effort to be here uh, today, to turn up to your chosen gathering, to sing with the body of Christ, uh, might be part of your submission, uh, part of your submission to God. Uh, After all, he is the great singer who's given us a song to sing, the song of redemption. And it's also part of our submission to one another, Uh, We are one body in Christ, uh, which means like a body, each part needs to function together. Uh, If we hold out on each other, not turning up to church or not singing together or whatever it might be, uh, it doesn't just have consequences for you, it has consequences on the body. So what should this all look like? Uh, Firstly, uh, we should be thankful for the musos who lead us in song each week. Uh, We have a really great music team at the Bay Uh, who I'm very thankful for. Uh, But we need not to put them on a pedestal. Uh, If we do this, we end up thinking that the music's just about them. uh, And so we might find ourselves praising the musos too much or criticizing them if things aren't as we'd like. Uh, Singing is something that we do together. Uh, I don't know, have you ever felt thankful for someone next to you in the congregation singing? Uh, It's a scary thought. I don't know. Uh, But for me, yeah, there's been lots of times when I've been really encouraged as I've heard the voices of others around me here um, declaring the praises of God, uh, reminding me that his promises are real, uh, that other people uh, believe in Jesus too. But I must confess, I've never really thought to say thank you uh, to somebody for singing behind me. Uh, But maybe that's something to think about, hey? And yeah, I'm sure uh, with all of this in mind, uh, singing together at church isn't always the encouraging, uplifting thing that we hope it will be. Uh, So I thought I'd just look at a couple of questions that we often have about music at church. First one is, what if I don't like the song that we're singing? Uh, I'm sure we've all asked that question at some point. Uh, We sing a fair variety of different music at the Bay, and we don't cover all bases by any stretch, but we sing some old hymns, some modern hymns, hill songs, some homegrown stuff, and kids' songs, and all sorts of things. Um, There are bound to be some that you like and some that you don't like. Um, Remember that singing is a bodybuilding activity. Uh, So it isn't just about the preferences of individuals. It's singing for the sake of others. Uh, You'll notice that um, Paul doesn't give his readers any instructions about what genre of music they should be singing. Um, He says to sing to one another and to the Lord. 
However, he does talk about three different types of song. Uh, Psalms, which is a form that would be familiar to Jewish people. Hymns, which is a term used by Gentiles. And songs, which is a bit of a catch-all, I guess. Uh, Without reading too much into what he's saying, uh, it's fair enough to think that he expects that there will be variety uh, in the sorts of songs that God's people sing. Genre is secondary, though, isn't it? It's God's word that is powerful, the sword of the Spirit. And in fact, compromising on our personal taste for the sake of others is a good thing. Uh, It's a part of our worship, just like singing is, submitting to one another. And sadly, uh, of course, the age-old debate over hymns versus contemporary songs uh, has been a source of much disagreement between God's people and continues to be. Uh, My thought on this uh, is that I think everyone should be a little bit unhappy with the mix of songs. Uh, That is, out of reverence for Christ, uh, those people who prefer hymns should be happy to sing some contemporary songs for the sake of others. And those who think hymns aren't so great uh, should be happy to sing some for the sake of those who do really love hymns. Uh, So next time we sing a song that you're not too keen on, Uh, Just remember that someone else in the room could be really encouraged by it, and you singing it, even though you don't really like it, could be a great way to build them up. Uh, Okay, another question, and this is one I've kind of been avoiding this whole time. Uh, What if I can't sing? (laughs) There are plenty of reasons why we might think this. Uh, We may not be musically trained. We might be really sick one day. Uh, We might not like expressing emotion in that way. We might be absolutely tone deaf. Uh, We may have had some embarrassing experiences uh, with singing at a young age. And I know that's often the case for males. Um, The reality is that some of us are just going to find singing a little bit hard uh, and not going to find that it comes naturally. But can I remind all of us that God has given us all a song worth singing? And it's not just for us, but it's for each other as well. And I do know this is probably a bit easy for me to say because I have a background in music and really like singing and all that. Um, But can I say with that in mind uh, that I think uh, Trinity Bay sings beautifully together, uh, even when there are out-of-tune notes um, or if someone accidentally comes in at the wrong time or uh, if the band has to start again uh, or if the PowerPoint is wrong. um, It's beautiful because it's genuine. Don't be fooled by the age of auto-tune. Authentic music has got off notes sometimes. And what really matters is, is the song worth singing? And the song of redemption is. Uh, So even if you know you're a bit off, I say go for it. Uh, And as Paul reminds the Ephesians in verse 19, you are singing to the Lord uh, with your heart. He sees the inner beauty of your voice, uh, even if you don't. Uh, And if you worry about being out there and expressing emotion, uh, yes, I get that. It's uh, it's important to notice what the passage doesn't say. Uh, As we sing to the Lord with our hearts, Paul doesn't say how into it we need to look. Uh, We're all going to have our own way of expressing heartfelt thanks to God, uh, and that's okay. Uh, Again, let me remind you that you're singing for the sake of others out of reverence for Christ. When you come to church, Uh, each week to meet with God's people. Some people will be really excited to be there. Uh, Some will be struggling in their faith. Some will have problems at home. Some may be asking themselves if the Christian life is really worth living. 
Have you ever thought just the act of singing out loud for others to hear might encourage somebody else to press on? And finally, uh, let me remind us all that this is where it's all heading. Uh, We will be singing together for eternity. Uh, We don't know what genre of music we'll be singing, uh, what it will sound like, but we do know what the song will be. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Let's pray.